You win this battle, man, I soon be dead. I'll glue your face to my dick so I can fuck with your head. I got metaphors coming through my pores. You've probably never been in a battle before, so I hope you realize your mistake. There ain't no party cast of candles, this won't be a piece of cake. Please Folks, welcome to the Before Hours Podcast, an internet radio phenomenon hosted by an occasional morning person. I ask the most interesting people I know about their sleep, routine, life, love, stress, setbacks, and whatever else comes to mind. If you want to talk to me, talk to the show, write to us, the Before Hours Podcast at gmail.com. I'll read it on the air. But for now, comedian, returning guest, and I'm going to go ahead and say it, a good friend, Tony Zykowski. How are you doing? Oh, oh thanks for having me, Bobby. Even that though we're a good friend, I did have to uh, like kind of concentrate on saying your last name. Everyone still. does. Yeah. Everyone does. I love that. You kicked this show off right at TikTok speed with the voice. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I actually feel myself having to come down after the intro. I'm like, all right, now talk like a normal person. Yeah, yeah, You know? But you but, nailed it. But I'm a naturally, I'm a fast talker. I'm a fast walker. I'm a, I'm a Northeast boy, as are you. Yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in Massachusetts. Yeah, let's keep it. Let's let's take our listeners up to speed because you are a returning guest. It was you and Ilya uh, Laxon. And uh, you, we, this is a quick, this is your elevator pitch for Tony Zykowski. Okay. From Western Mass. Dad is a farmer. You're a first generation following your dream. It's very beautiful. You have great hair that I'm jealous of. You didn't say that I did. And you used to drink coffee and you're a morning person, but now you don't drink coffee. And I do drink coffee. Mm hmm. Why don't you drink coffee anymore? So I started taking Wellbutrin, which now when I drink coffee, it's like I did like uh, meth. Like I'm like, it's like overwhelming the amount of energy that goes into my system. So Wellbutrin is, it's an SSRI? No, it's not. Um, I'm also on Lexpro. Uh, you know, just fun medication talk. Tr- uh-huh. name, I'm sorry, I'm name dropping. Name dropping, I'm, I'm dude. Right off the bat. They are sponsors of the podcast. Dude, if you Anyone get that a big was- pharma sponsor, that's huge. That's big for a podcast. You get yeah. a little Pfizer. Right now, dude, mm-hmm. everyone's going against the Sackler family. Get some of that grant money coming in. Yeah. They still got those trusts set up. None of these museums want it. Get in this podcast. I will say, so I got the vax. I even got the boosters for a little while until I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. But I will say seeing Pfizer, the logo on NFL uh, games, I'm like, "Mm, that's a little strange. You know what I mean? I'm like, "Eh, okay, I'm I I hear you. I hear you like tinfoil hat guys. I'm on board with maybe the Pfizer thing is a little weird. Oh, well, here's the thing. I didn't take antidepressants for a long time because Mm -hmm. I hate big pharma so much. Yeah. And then I kind of hit a point where I was like, I'm in my 30s. I got to clean up my ass. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay, fine. I'll make a little dance with the devil. Mm-hmm. Can I say something ignorant? Yeah. Um, and that I will use your answer yes for the duration of the podcast, um, not just with you, but with other guests. Tony has given me the right to say something ignorant. Um, but when, <laughs> if you say the N word right now, <laughs> I would be so mad. Tony, <laughs> Tony said it was okay. <laughs> Tony approved this message. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> hard ER. <laughs> Tony approved hard ER. So um, when you told me that you were on antidepressants, I was very surprised because I don't view you as a guy that takes antidepressants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, most people don't. Yeah. I take them at home. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I, just, I, I like I, I should start setting a bir- uh, an alarm on my phone mm-hmm. like people do with birth control. Yeah. You know how girls will be like... It, I've been on so many dates where it's like their alarm goes like, oh, time to take my birth control. It feels a low performative. I'm like, yeah. can't you just take this in the morning? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, isn't that when you take medication in morning or right before bed? Mm-hmm. And then they set an alarm for 10 p.m. or yeah. whatever. And I'm like, okay, but I should start doing that in public so people know mm-hmm. I'm just a card-carrying sad boy. Card-carrying sad boy. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude, I love that. What a nice way to what a nice way to put that. So, okay, so you were taking Lexapro. Lexapro is an SSRI. Yeah. So I'm going to be vulnerable, uh, Tony. Um, I I thought that SSRI was a synonym for antidepressant. Um, it basically is. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, I don't even know what it really means. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's, it's just a type of it that's like something with serotonin receptors or something like that. Okay. And then they have other ones which are just, they kind of react differently in the brain. Okay. Okay, so you were taking Lexapro, and you were like, this is good. But well, what- Lexapro it is kind of crazy, because it's like, at least when I was taking it, it was good for, like, anxiety, mm-hmm. but then I hit a point where, like, I was, like, feeling, like, numb. Where, like, like, nothing. Or, like, it's like, I even, like, because when I was taking it, it was good. At first, it was great, but then when it's, like, because it takes, like, a month or two for the full effects of, like, antidepressants to kick in, mm-hmm. 
which is just like rough because you don't it's like every week you feel a little different mm-hmm. and then uh when it fully kicked in it was like a month where i didn't write a new joke because i was like it like does make you kind of brain dead okay and then i was like oh i this is not good like it's like i don't have anxiety but also it's like a weird level of like like not like you should have some anxiety yeah right because like there was like one night i was like out with friends someone said something and i just said something wild Uh uh-huh like loud in a brooklyn bar Mm -hmm. and then we all looked at each other i was like wait did i just say that Uh and they were like yeah dude what i was like is it the word we talked about before uh we we said so many slurs before this podcast oh yeah we before did, we started we, rolling. bobby does it's kind of like an improv game yeah it's like where we just have to list every slur it's like you shake it out mm-hmm. but everyone is just a different mm-hmm. like pull up bah, 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 bah. <laughs> and zip zap zap zip is actually one so that's weird how that works huh just passing slurs around the circle so you were in this place where you're like i'll say something crazy and, and loud and not feel weird about and then it. i didn't feel bad afterwards mm-hmm. i was like i should have felt a little bad uh-huh okay and even it was like all of us like on the same page it was like like just going for a joke mm-hmm. but sometimes you say something you're like wow even for a joke that was kind of wild yeah and my then, bad everybody my bad yeah. for the joke so and, and it was like <laughs> like no one was offended or anything yeah. it was just kind of like hey dude just like whisper that yeah yeah they're like don't <laughs> yell it and i was like yeah i gotta mm-hmm. um and then also so the lex pro i was like debating getting off of it but then also you can take wellbutrin to cut it so it's wellbutrin is more of like a stimulant Oh, so okay. it's like I'm like on like a little pharmaceutical speedball. Right yeah, now, where it's like I take da- Lexapro is a downer at mm-hmm, night, mm-hmm. and then uh, in the morning I take Wellbutrin, and that gives me a little pep. Okay, interesting. Yeah, and uh, um, but you because Wellbutrin is a stimulant, you're like I can't drink coffee while. No, I, I try to because I've been drinking coffee since I was 14. Mm-hmm. Like since I like started working on my farm, mm-hmm. uh, part of your uh, pitch, mm-hmm. um, and then. Uh, I also love doing elevator pitches for individuals. Mm-hmm. Be like, let me pitch pitch my friend here real quick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. We should just do that when we introduce people at a party. Yeah. Three set sentence mm-hmm. pitch them. You don't have to say yes or no now, but I would appreciate you shaking his hand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let me pitch him. See if you want to shake his hand. Yeah. You know, and don't end with uh, he he jerked off last night at one a.m. I don't know if that part was recorded. <laughs> I know it wasn't, <laughs> but uh, it was a bit. Um, and. Uh, what was I trying to get to? Elvira pitch. Oh, um, coffee. 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 Yeah, I started drinking when I was 14. Um, I've always drank it. Mm-hmm. Never understood why anyone wouldn't drink it. Mm-hmm. And then now it's like I'm like legitimately like it's too sensitive. Mm. Where even I went through over Thanksgiving, my my parents have an espresso brag. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty. If you've never had an espresso, get one, try one. Phenomenal. It's like coffee, but European. Yeah. And like, it's like a good Keurig. It's what Keurig should be. Okay. And uh, I had one because I was just like exhausted from like traveling for Thanksgiving and all that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh yeah, Keurig's like, I forgot. This is amazing. I felt kind of fine. I was like, okay, I can just drink coffee again. Mm -hmm. And then like three days later, I was having a panic attack. And I was like, and like had a full therapy session where it's like, I think I got to get off these antidepressants. I think it's driving me crazy. And then the next day I was like, Oh, I started drinking coffee again. Oh wow. And it made, it gave me like full like body anxiety. Okay. So then I was like, Oh, okay. So now I'm on green tea, green tea. Oh, and I like how that you said that, like it's a medication too. Yeah. yeah. Well, Butrin, Lexapro and green tea, green tea. It, it feels like it, it, people that say green tea, they always mm. talk about its health benefits. Yeah. So it does feel like you're kind of like, oh yeah, I'm on green tea these days. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm taking green tea uh, with an acai bowl, mm-hmm. uh, acai bowl or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Tea, tea in general is, well, it's for two types of people, Europeans and uh, uh, people that would otherwise drink coffee, but now they've gotten into meditation. Yeah. Those well, the- I, I was meditating well on coffee. Yeah. <laughs> I do meditate. Yeah. Yeah. I, I meditate too, but I meditate before my coffee. Oh, well, I, I do. Med- I try to meditate first thing in the morning. Okay. So what brought you? Because uh, when I had Andrew Steiner on the podcast, we were talking about meditation. He uh, he said he weeboed his way into enlightenment. Um, do you know what a weebo is? No. It's, uh, it's uh, like a white person that's like 
uh, infatuated with uh, Japanese culture. Okay. He said it a bit self-deprecatingly. Like yeah, yeah. he was like, I liked anime. And then I was like, oh, they also do meditation. Let's check that out. That's so being such a nerd, you better yourself. Yeah. <laughs> as a human. So he, he went on like a meditation retreat and, and all that stuff, which I found fascinating because I'm a, I'm, I don't know about you, Tony. I'm a 10 minutes a day type of guy. I go 15 if I can. 15. So I really respect that because I'll be honest with you, more times than not, 10 minutes feels like work. Yeah, I think it's, at least for me, 10 minutes feels like it's like that's when I just get into the groove because it takes me 10 minutes to um, not be mad that I'm meditating. Yeah. And okay. then I get five minutes of actually breathing. Mm -hmm. And I, uh, uh, Bill Burr talked about this on his podcast, but I, I uh, relate to it too, is that it's really hard to find good guided meditation because a lot of the guided meditations have this woo-woo spiritual that's just like a noise. Like the mm -hmm. atheist in me is like, turn turn off. Yeah. Turn off. I don't want to hear this. I mean, I'm a sucker and I pay for Headspace. Oh, I do like Headspace. I use Headspace because mm -hmm. that was the first one. It was the way I got into meditation is more, it was being a comedy nerd. Mm -hmm. I read an article, God, it was on The Ringer or some like Bill Simmons like site years ago. This mm -hmm. was like maybe 20... 15 20 like it was like uh years ago and it was an interview with eric andre uh -huh. and eric andre said he meditated and i was like if eric andre can meditate yeah. <laughs> i can fucking meditate that like if he can take 10 minutes of not like pulling his dick out and <laughs> crashing a porn star through a couch or whatever he does like and i will say doing stuff like that that he is in the present moment i yeah, will that, <laughs> say what you will the man's present <laughs> So, um, uh, so you noted earlier that you were kind of anti-medication for a little while, yeah. Um, but you were dealing with uh, um, depression and anxiety in your twenties. Yeah, um, I mean, it's been a lifelong thing. It wasn't okay. until like recently where it's like I've always known it's an issue, mm -hmm. but I've always tried to do more holistic things if I could, mm -hmm. just because I think there is kind of that like weird chip on my shoulder from like growing up farming and. There is something like just being like, if I can fucking take down my depression myself, let's do it. Like, it's like if it could be on me, then why wouldn't I do it? Mm -hmm. Right. Same with like therapy. I was like a long time I didn't go to therapy because I was like, if I can read a book that tells me what they're going to say to me, let me just cure it myself. Mm -hmm. As opposed to like going and then you realize you're like, oh, no, like therapy is a lot of you going in to just have an hour to check in with yourself with another person kind of like keeping you in check. Mm -hmm. um so uh you know just like really this is uh also gonna be my new solo show yeah uh, it's gonna be uh uh tony talks about why therapy is good Ooh. Uh, no i'm kidding i'm joking i love the title the title is <laughs> really catchy. talks about why therapy is good <laughs> <laughs> it's not not marketable you i will say no, that no one puts their own name in the title of their solo mm -hmm. show mm -hmm. i want tony presents <laughs> <laughs> Tony talks about why therapy is good with Tony's like for Tony <laughs> starring Bobby Sheehan. Oh, hell yeah, dude. I would love to be part of it, dude. Yeah, yeah. I've I've never gone to therapy. I'm not against it. I just don't have lots of money. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I got insurance now. So Ooh. that's well, I have insurance now, but it's government insurance. So I don't want to go to whatever government insurance therapist they yeah. have. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> I did one because I was on Medicaid for a while. Mm -hmm. That's that's the government insurance. I'm Zoom on session. So I have a weird thing where like even before that, I did have a therapist I was paying out of pocket for because I was like kind of like going through a breakup, really stressful time. It was kind of mm -hmm. me like realizing I needed therapy and like um, uh, some like help with like medication and whatnot. And uh, then that ended and then I like had Medicaid. So I went Medicare, Medicaid. I always mess it up. Medicaid is for poor people and Medicare is for old people. Well, I got the poor people. Yeah, of course. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not that old. Yeah. They're like, ah, oh, you're 34. You you're, should be on Medicare. Yeah, you're in your 30s in Bushwick. They're like, might as well get on Medicare. <laughs> hey, man, you should really mm -hmm. consider this. Mm -hmm. Also insisted living home. Um, yeah. Uh, but uh, what was it? Oh, yeah. So I have um, found this like service that takes uh, Medicaid and they were like, oh, I use it for my psychiatrist for medication. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I was they were like, oh, you know, we also offer like quick 20 minute therapy sessions. That's also covered. Uh -huh. And I was like, I'll try it. 
right? Like just a Zoom session, 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. We'll see. I never had a male therapist before Mm -hmm. because I think it's like I always uh, like I like don't want uh, real life advice. I think I'm always convinced a guy's going to just call me gay. Uh huh. If I say how I, I feel. I mean, a Medicaid therapist, it's possible. <laughs> I know. Right? <laughs> and it's like, there's just like weird things where even like when, uh, like I love, like I'm from Massachusetts. So I have like Red Sox gear and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And like when I first moved to Chicago, I had a Red Sox hat just because I was like, you're when you're in Massachusetts, it's the same as wearing a Yankees hat in New York. You're yeah. like, oh, it's more about where you're from. You don't even have to be that big of a fan of the team. Mm-hmm. I'm like a bandwagon fan. I'm always, always pro Red Sox, but I'm mm-hmm. not like. Uh, I don't know the stats of every game, mm-hmm. but I had a Red Sox hat and I realized when I moved away from Massachusetts, people would just stop me in the street to be like, fuck you. Or, or they'd be like, oh, you catch the game last night. And I'd uh-huh. have to be like, no, I didn't, mm-hmm. you know, it was, and so I was like, I can't wear Red Sox gear. And it's always guys who are like, dude, what do you mean? Why are you wearing Red Sox hat if you don't watch the game? And then but I got a nice Red Sox hat, uh, the day I had, um, the therapy, with the guy for the first time. Mm-hmm. So then I put it on it like, it was like a zoom session. I wore it to work and then I hopped on the session right off the bat. The guy's like, Ooh, Red Sox hat. You a fan? And yeah. I was like, no, mm-hmm. he's like, Oh, you don't wearing a Red Sox hat. You're not watching the game. I was like, I'm out. I'm out. It was a long winded story mm-hmm. for not much payoff. No, that, I, I think that's, it's very funny to me that, uh, uh, that interaction to me means almost nothing. <laughs> and you were like, yeah, it's like big for me. Well, that's therapy. <laughs> therapy is mostly things that someone else will go. You're like, oh yeah. I don't know. This guy, I had a weird interaction at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. But you got your groceries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then in your mind all week, you're like, why that cashier respond that way? Mm-hmm. When I put down eggs, it's like, very meta that the therapist himself, you're like, what did he mean by that? And then he's like, have you been thinking about anything lately? He's like, well, I've been thinking this one thing for a couple minutes now. Yeah, dude, yeah, it is like <laughs> weird get a moments. therapist to talk about your therapy session. Yes, it just goes down. <laughs> there was a great joke I heard at one point. It was in Chicago at an open mic. I f- wish I knew the comic's name, but it was her talking about how she had a, a cat. She got a cat because she has depression. Mm-hmm. And then uh, she found out her cat has depression. So now mm. she has to get a cat for her cat. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, that's so funny. And then also, uh, I mean, maybe we shouldn't tell her this, but animals pick up on your energy. <laughs> that's probably, well, might have I don't know about depressed. cats as much. Yeah, cats are Cats are different. Of, cats mm-hmm. do their own thing. Dogs definitely pick up on energy. Ooh. I would love, dude, I, I'm, I like cats and dogs, but I'm a dog person, 100%. Yeah, I I think I grew up with cat. I'm more of a cat person, but I like dogs. Mm -hmm. I think that uh, uh, like cats are introverts, uh, dogs are extroverts, and your relationship to cats or dogs is the same as your relationship to introverts and extroverts. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like most most times, people are like, "Oh, that guy's kind of quiet," but if you get to know him, I'm like, "I don't want to fucking have to get to know someone." Yeah, just just smile and say hi, you asshole. Yeah, you know? that, I mean, I do agree with that. It is like, yeah, it's like just be polite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't even, like don't go out of your way to be performative with like, oh, mm-hmm. what? Oh, this is such bullshit. The yeah. way we and it was like small talk. And they're yeah. like. What, you want me to talk about your parents getting divorced? Like, no, fucking pay for a therapist like everyone else. And then fucking, and let's just talk about the weather. I think, uh, I think that like the brooding that some people do where they're, I think they have an insecurity that if they seem happy, that they also seem dumb. Um, I mean, yeah, they want to be like realists. And there's something romantic about being the like, uh, like serious guy who Mm -hmm. like sees things for what they are. Yeah. Because even when I was younger, I like, it's I like when I was younger, I definitely went through a phase where I thought I could write poetry. Hell yes. And that was like, that was like high school. I realized now I just was a virgin mm-hmm. and then I got laid. I was kind of like, Oh, I should like write some jokes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there is that like there the, is- the, the alpha males poetry. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. That's the name of your solo the show. Alpha male poetry. <laughs> dude. Okay. I will say I, I'll like go through rabbit holes where like because like especially over the pandemic, I started like, yeah, working out more, trying to be healthier. Mm-hmm. So then you do go down the YouTube rabbit hole of watching mm-hmm. like a video on the proper way to like do a, a squat. And then yes. you end up at uh, Jocko yelling at mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. to be more motivated or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, but the way they write that, like, I mean, the the big names for mm-hmm. like it's like ma- motivation to like work out. It's like what, like Jocko. Mm-hmm. Um, David Goggins. Mm-hmm. When you watch those guys, they basically are just doing motivational poetry. 
Mm-hmm. Like you hear them talking and they're kind of like, don't be a bitch. Yeah. Get up. Like mm-hmm. it, it. So you just I watch it and you're like, oh, this is like poetry for straight dudes. I like the information that Jocko gives. However, I will say the way he talks is infuriating. <laughs> Okay, you did that. You like switch your voice. And I was like, where's he going? It's <laughs> like, what just happened? Like, He's the one guy I want to listen to like on double speed. Like, you know how you could. Yeah. yeah I'm like, all right, come on. Because he, I mean, He's a Navy SEAL that went to Iraq. He has things to say, yeah. but I don't understand this cadence. There's some weird study was done. It's the same with politicians mm-hmm. where like there's a pacing where no one can misunderstand what you're saying. Yeah. And it shows you're composed mm-hmm. and you're not worried about things mm-hmm. like I'm in control. There's something soothing about this rhythm. I think there's something like that where they teach people. That's why people do classes like that. Uh But it feels inauthentic. It feels strange. I think there's something to be said for talking slower and more authentic. Um, For for me, I think the way that I'm funny, uh, I talk very quickly and I'll like lower my voice and talking uh, quick and uh, with a low voice as like an aside is the subtlety there is like very funny. Yeah. Um, but I've noticed I host a lot of comedy shows uh, where the audience are not always native speakers and I uh, native English speakers. And I see the confusion on their face sometimes. And I'm like, fuck, I might have to literally speak slower so they could understand what I'm saying. Yeah. But then. I mean, don't compromise for Europeans. Yeah. Okay, dude. That's that's my life rule. Okay. <laughs> if we compromise for Europeans, show. we'd be ruled by Nazis. That's true. That okay? is true. Yeah. So that's every audience member who does understand you is a Nazi. Mm-hmm. That's you heard, you it, heard here it here, first. folks. <laughs> <laughs> that's all, folks. Hell yeah, dude. Damn, we are on such the same wavelength, man. Except the not drinking coffee thing. Yeah, dude, it, it's a deal I'm breaker, actually Tony. bummed. I think I'm going to start drinking decaf, decaf. coffee mm-hmm. because I like do. It's odd where I didn't realize how much a part of my identity drinking coffee was mm-hmm. until I couldn't drink coffee again. Yeah. And it's odd when you have as a person, when you realize substances are part of who you think you are. Yeah. Where even coffee. I mean, coffee's an instant thing, but mm-hmm. it's people who also like it's like even for people that drink. You don't drink, right? No, I yeah. quit. Oh, good for you. Yeah, I quit when I was 25. Um, but drinking was definitely a part of my identity. Yeah, but then you also, like, everyone who who is a drinker or just people who go out to bars, you have, like, your drink. Yeah. Right? It's the question, mm-hmm. like, it's, like, always fun to be, like, okay, someone else, <clears throat> like, is, like, okay, you can have, I'm, go- I'm buying drinks, mm-hmm. unlimited budget, mm-hmm. what do you order? Right? But then you also have to do the, like, I always like asking that because then you get to hear people's reasoning where you can tell someone's an asshole if they're, like, top shelf yeah most expensive thing Uh it's like you can't do that you got to get a drink that's like nice where you're like okay cool i'm taking you up on this you're spending a little bit of money Mm -hmm. but it's not i'm not like using you Mm -hmm. that's why i always say bullet bourbon on the rocks it's like it's like a nice drink it's not the the top shelf but it's good Uh and it's quality but then it also shows like hey i'm i'm treating myself a little bit but i'm not like taking advantage of you see i'm so boring with liquids um (laughs) I don't know why. <laughs> As I was saying it, I'm like, there's a better, there was a better way to say it. I feel like this. that's like a stepdad line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh, me. Yeah, I'm boring with liquids. I'm boring with liquids. Because <laughs> I, uh, I don't like to drink my calories. Um, Same. So black coffee, uh, water, Diet Coke, seltzer. Those are my drinks. I remember when I I worked at a law firm and I went to a Christmas party and my boss was like, let me get you a drink. And I was like, I don't drink. And he was like, first of all, um, he got very drunk at the party. So and people that uh, get very drunk and also are flabbergasted that other people don't drink uh, are alcoholics. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I know you're not supposed to say who and who is an alcoholic. I disagree. I think that type of person definitely is. But he was he was like kind of sad. I'm like, you get me a Diet Coke or a seltzer. He's like, "Uh, let me get you a Shirley Temple. I'm like, I will not drink that. Yeah, he said Shirley Temple. Yeah, dude, that's rude. (laughs) That's rude. 
His Drew, you have to request a Shirley Temple. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If anyone says, hey, do you want a Shirley Temple? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They better be drinking a Shirley Temple. Yeah, and he's like, by the way, where is your boyfriend? Because that's know? straight up him being like, hey, you're kind of a bitch right yeah. now. <laughs> and they go, motherfucker, give me a Roy Rogers. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a Shirley Temple for boys. Yeah, hell yeah, <laughs> dude. It's also a great fast food train. Mm-hmm. Roy Rogers? Yeah, highly recommended. I, 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 highly recommended is a... It's like it's another food. Burger King. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, but if you're on the road mm-hmm. or you're in any... I do love regional fast food spots. I've never been to a Crystal's. I don't know what a Crystal's is. It's, it's only in the Southeast. Damn. And I've just... I've, it's just never worked out for me. I've walked by them, but not during mealtime. Yeah. So a friend of mine told me that... Uh, um, they're good for a, a real wet burger. If you want, like, it's like White Castle, but they're like wet. That's just like how gross, how gross the place is. Like the burgers are unexplicably wet. Oh, so it's not reason. a thing they do on purpose. It's not like when you get like, uh, oh, um, it's not advertised this way. Like, come, come on down and get your wet they're burgers. Not like, you're not dipping it in a jus mm-hmm. so, yeah, whatever, yeah. or whatever. <laughs> a <jus>, dude. <clears throat> Um, <laughs> oh, I thought you were doing anti-Semitic joke. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I've had many Aju on the podcast. I think they're great people. It's not important their relationship with Banks. I don't care. But uh, I used to love being anti-Semitic as a bit. But now it's like it's, in. Yeah, you know what I, I know. Mean? It's so I don't want to do it anymore. It's kind of like oh, I guess I have to say the right thing. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh, gross. So uh, I, I'm interested to hear at what point. You, because you said I went to therapy. I wanted to. The, the therapy predates the drugs, right? Because uh, you, yeah, you, yeah. you said you were skeptical mm-hmm. about ta- taking medication. Uh, so if you don't mind, walk me through that process a little bit, because I think you described it as getting your shit together. Yeah. So what was that like? Uh, well, for going to therapy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I don't. Um, it's interesting because I feel I feel like a lot of people. Uh, in New York, go to therapy, but I have no idea like what the process is like. So, did you have? I know you mentioned like panic attacks. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't say panic attack because mm-hmm. um, I know people who've had panic attacks describe it as like feeling like a heart attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, ack, ack, um, and uh, <laughs> where do we go right now? <laughs> but but um, they. Uh, what was uh, and I haven't had that. I would say it's more like kind of like uh, spirals, mm-hmm. like where it's like I get into like a loop of like kind of like panic thinking. Yeah. And then I can't get out of it. OK. And that's why I try to like use like meditation and things like that. And there are like tricks you can use. But sometimes you're just like you're like you're like, OK, even if you have a life preserver, if you're stuck in the ocean with a hurricane, you're like, well, this isn't going to do anything. Yeah. Right. Sometimes you're just like, this is too much. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm more like prone to that. Um, and so then it was kind of like just a time where I was like going through a lot and I was like, okay, I like, I'd tried to set up a therapy appointment. I originally had therapy appointment. The first one ever set up for, uh, March 14th, 2020. Okay. Oh, perfect. It's like you knew. And it felt like a sign (laughs) where they're like, not yet, not yet. Okay. (laughs) The the whole world needs to shut down. You got some more stuff to, to get on your shoulders. Mm -hmm. Um, so then and I want to do it in person. So it's kind of weird. where like with COVID and stuff for starting therapy. At least I was like, I want to be in in a room with the person, not like Zoom in my apartment. Yeah. Like because I like my roommates, but also like there are times where you just need to complain about. Them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's not and like they didn't even do anything wrong. It could be as simple as like, oh, they made some noise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ugh, mm-hmm. What are they people? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> and it just like for so you're just in a bad mood. They were a constant reminder that I'm not financially secure enough to have my own apartment. Yeah, they are. <laughs> Honestly, that's my big de- yeah. my big issue with roommates. And you're that for them too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that really does ruin the roommate relationship, mm-hmm. where you're just like just a constant reminder I'm not getting paid enough at work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, then it was just me went on. Uh, Line found a therapist near my apartment. Mm-hmm. Uh, started seeing her. She was great, and I also liked her style of like. It felt more like we were gossiping about issues as opposed like she'd put a pillow on her lap, and like it felt like it was like a girl sleepover. Oh, I'd okay. be like, don't get me started on today, you know, just stuff like that. Boy, I mean, I wasn't that gay, or you know, yeah. But it was. I mean, I was in therapy, so kind of a but, little. You were kind of gay, but I curious. But, I was I was by <laughs> <laughs> therapy makes you by in, in Brooklyn. It does. No. Um, so uh, 
Yeah, because I think in my mind, everyone like at least growing up, therapy was presented as Freudian, where it's like someone's lying on a couch Mm. and you're like going through these deep, dark. You're talking about your dreams and why you have want to have sex with your mother. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, it's like, it's not that complicated. I mean, she's hot. Yeah. Yeah. We all know. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so I just thought it was very good. But it takes a lot to get in, like finding a therapist and stuff. It is a lot of work. Just because you have to like find people that you reach out to a bunch of people. A lot of them aren't taking clients. If you're trying to find someone who takes your insurance, who's too expensive, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then once you get past all of that, then it's like also I have to mesh with this person. Yeah. Then it is a kind of like a relationship thing where you're kind of like, oh, do I feel comf- do I feel like I'm getting valuable advice from them mm-hmm. or do I like the way they're handling issues or responding to what I say? Yeah. So I've been pretty lucky. But like it was that like random one with like a guy. Being like, oh, Red Sox fan. I'm like, that's not how you open a therapy session, <laughs> dude. I think that I think it is. I think small talk before you get started. Yeah, but I mean, here's the thing. It was like a cheap Zoom therapy session mm-hmm. where it was the guy was I was like, I feel like this guy would be perfect for some dudes. OK, where it's like a little more like, bro, he did give me the vibe. I'm like, oh, this is the therapist that like a barstool fan should have. Oh, OK, <laughs> he did kind of have that. Like he like lives in like Westchester or something. So he's like, it, he was like. So like, yeah, you know, I got my wife, a couple kids. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. just this thing where I was like, okay, I don't think I want to talk to you about mm-hmm. my feelings. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll talk to you about, uh, I don't know, not that. No, yeah. I'll, I'll just, uh, you know, the vibe I'm getting from him is PC principal from South Park. A little bit of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's up, bro? Like, uh, totally valid. I just want to say you're like, your, your feelings are like totally valid, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that is like, uh. You know, okay. So it was like when I was in college, uh, it was like there was one night we were like going out to a party. It was like that like college thing where it's like, every, like it's just groups of guys passing each other on the street, mm-hmm. you know? And um, we were like passing this group of guys and they were all yelling at one of their friends. Uh, they were like, dude, why'd you guys fucking kicked out of the bar, dude? And then he kept being like, dude, she was such a bitch. And they were like, dude, you what? It was them talking like, man, stop being an asshole and getting us kicked out of places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, every group of guys has like that one shitty friend, mm-hmm. but he just has to come along because they're like, well, if we don't invite him, he's going to be sad. Yeah. Uh-huh. And we've just known him forever. So he has to come with us. Mm-hmm. So then they're walking by and they're all sham. And then he's like, it's like, guys, she was a bitch. And then like as we passed him, it, I was joking. I just over my shoulder, I yelled. Yeah, she sounds like a real bitch, right? Oh, yeah, dude. And then the dude just stops. Mm-hmm. He turns to me, and then I turn. I was like, oh, are we going to fight? He yeah. just looks at me and goes, yeah, man, she was. <laughs> <laughs> and it, was this, it was a moment where at first I thought it was just this guy kind of like when guys just call women crazy because uh-huh. they're like trying to get out of their own bullshit. Mm-hmm. But then I had this moment where I was like, I think this woman was a bitch. Mm-hmm. I think he was just actually wanted one of his friends to hear him. Yeah. Be like, no, she was rude to me. Yeah. And she freaked out for something that wasn't a big uh-huh. deal. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it was such a sincere moment where I was like, I didn't even respond. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> him not picking up on your sarcasm <laughs> that helped him immensely. <laughs> I think that was like a big I moment. I feel understood for the first time. Someone sees me. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Someone understands what I'm going through in this moment. Uh-huh. And you know that the problem, the whatever disagreement they had wasn't her fault because none of his bros are even like taking his side. Yeah, they know he's <laughs> it's the boy who cried wolf. Probably. Uh-huh. He's probably gotten kicked out of bars before. But it's like the one time he's like, no, but this time she was a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, listen to me. OK. And then he looked at your hat and went Red Sox fan. Huh? I went, oh, fuck you. Man. Yeah. <laughs> and then we start fighting, brawling. So uh this is going to sound immature, but I think that if I had a woman therapist, she would have to either be very old or very unattractive. Otherwise, oh. I would fall in love with her. Yeah. Um. um uh. My first therapist I had, who I liked, I was very attracted to her. Mm-hmm. Um. And then it was kind of weird where I think there were a couple sessions where I, I didn't say stuff because I was kind of like, I might be able to pull this off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Like just, which is the worst way to go mm-hmm. into therapy. Mm-hmm. Cause it's just therapists are just strippers for beta males. Yeah. 
that's it where it's like because that's like that's like a bit it's like as guys are starting to go to therapy now we're starting to figure out what the new issues with guys in therapy is mm-hmm. in their relationship with therapists mm-hmm. and it's that it's someone who's actually listening to you and telling you it's okay and how you feel is legitimate mm-hmm. and you're like dude i want to have sex and it's just you in a room yeah and you're like are we fucking like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i've never had it's just because we're so bad at communicating yeah we're like oh this means we're about to have sex mm-hmm. this is foreplay mm-hmm. um and uh, and it is that you just tell yourself, you're like, yeah, yeah, I know she like says this to everyone, but I think she means it. With yeah. Me. <laughs> but I did ask her during session. I was like, because we did have a little rapport. Like it was funny where she'd listen to the same like uh, podcast I listened to and stuff. OK. Um, and uh, I was kind of like, oh, because I was talking about being single. I was like, I'm, I'm, I was like, oh, are, are you single? And then she was like, oh, no, I'm in like a long term relationship. Mm-hmm. I was like, OK, well, I was jerking off this morning. Like, <laughs> like it was kind of nice. Yeah. I was like, oh, I can just launch into. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, I have no chance. Mm-hmm. I was an idiot for thinking that. Mm-hmm. But my current therapist, it is tough because my current therapist I'm seeing on Zoom. She's great. I'm also not attracted to her at all. Mm-hmm. And I almost wanted to say that to her in a therapy session. It's but great. you can't yeah. <laughs> to be like, I actually really I feel like this dynamic's really good because I don't want to fuck you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you can't say that. I would to encourage her. you to uh, keep having bagels for breakfast and cookies <laughs> for lunch because this is really working. Yeah, for I really love it when you carb load. Yeah. <laughs> these sessions. <laughs> I I had um actually not a uh it wasn't a therapy relationship. I, a friend of mine who was a woman off handedly when, uh, you know, we're good friends and obviously there's like no sexual chemistry between us. And you're like, none. Yeah. I was like, none. Right, not much. <laughs> Say not much. The thing is, she's right. I'm not attracted to her and she's not attracted no. to me, but it felt weird to bring it up. <laughs> yeah. You don't need to say it. Yeah. <laughs> it does feel a little rude <laughs> to say. Yeah, I was a little taken aback. Yeah. You're kind of like, okay, Yeah. I thought we just, yeah. Yeah. Obviously. When like, you say it now, mm-hmm. it's kind of something you like have to deal with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're like, okay, well, there could be a little. There I is, don't want to fuck you, but there could be a, I want a little, the potential. Mm-hmm. There is a, there is a thing though. Like the women that I'm closest with that I'm not related to that. It's like strictly platonic. Uh, um, you know, there, there's never been any, like any tension at all. Yeah. If there's any tension, I remove myself from the situation. And maybe yeah. that's not the most mature thing to do. Maybe if I have a, a friend that's a woman, I'm a little attracted to her and she doesn't feel the same way. I could work it out and we could still be friends, but I don't want to. But it is a different level of you're like you're friends, but you're not like close friends because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it does feel like there is an ulterior motive a little bit with things you say. This might sound a little controversial, but I uh, I think a woman with a like a really, really good guy friend who's straight, a little bit of a red flag. It's a little weird. I think if they're very, very close, if it's not like, oh, that's my girlfriend's boyfriend or, uh, you know, we've known each, we we hang out like a couple times a year because we were uh, friends in college. But I think if if I'm on a date with a woman mm-hmm. and she's like my best friend, his name is so and so and he's not gay. It's not a red, it's a yellow flag. It's something to investigate. I I am trying to think, and I don't know if I've ever had that come up. Mm. Have you had that come up? Yes, I have. Okay. Interesting. I'm trying to think, and I'm like, I like want to disprove the stereotype you're saying, but I also Mm -hmm. don't know if I know that many people who like, or like female friends who have, would say their best friend is a straight guy. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I. They'll uh, have really good friends that are straight guys. mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they would ever say he's their best friend. In in like obviously we have larger like if 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 you have a friend group that contains all types of different people, that makes sense. But if you're like, yeah, like twice a week I get a dinner with my bestie and he's a dude that fucks women, I'm like, that's a little weird. <laughs> You know also, I mean? you don't need a phrase it that way. Yeah, <laughs> it's my bestie. He's a dude. He fucks women. You know, what? <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm hearing as she's talking. Yeah, know. You know what I mean? Actually, I went on a date with a, a girl. This is a couple months ago, and she was like, "My best friend, guy's name," and then she paused and went, "He's gay." And then when I don't know why I had to say that. And I'm like, I know why you had to say that. That was actually thank you for saying <laughs> yeah. that. Thank you. Now I could just pay attention to the you story. You know that, that we're on a friend. date and then it kind of say you potentially mm-hmm. set up a situation. It's like if someone always talks about their ex on a date. 
like oh and stuff like that where it is a little odd for me because i was in a six-year relationship mm-hmm. so it is for six years i was like with somebody right so a lot of like basically first like from the time i was like 23 to 29 it's mm-hmm. like if i'm telling you a story about that time odds are my ex was involved yeah um so it is like she does come up yeah but it's also like i think also i'm in my 30s i'm dating people in their 30s mm-hmm. or under 18 you know it's like yeah, you yeah. just are, <laughs> you know being a man mm-hmm. um no but um i'm like it's like people in a similar age range where you're like you're in your 30s everyone knows like yeah we've all had relationships before this it would be kind of crazy if you had like nothing yeah like no one's like yeah we've all had sex we've all had sex um especially me yeah, but too much too arguably this too is much. an intervention Bobby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bobby, all my friends and family love come. you <laughs> and then you're you keep going like guys but i have to go fuck someone <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm just scrolling on tinder like mm-hmm, 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 yeah mm-hmm. ruin your life yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah i uh i i was on a, a date one time uh, this is a red flag because I was I was on a date with a woman. I think if you bring up your ex and it's like an incidental story, like oh uh, I went to Boston and they're like oh yeah like one time I was at Boston and I was this really weird thing happened when I was with my ex when I was in Boston. I'm like okay well we're talking about Boston and a story came up and it involves your ex. That's yeah. fine. But I remember one time I was uh, I was this was a couple dates in. I was uh, on a date with a woman and she was talking about her, how her mom uh, uh, wants her to date a Jewish man. Right. And it was sort of like, she was like, and she was also Jewish. (laughs) Uh, And she was like, uh, yeah, my mom really, she wants me to date a Jewish man. And I'm like, kind of like half jokingly, I'm like, "Uh Oh, is that going to be a problem? Cause I'm not Jewish. And she was like, kind of, and, you know, that's a red flag, but it's not a red. It's not her red flag. Yeah, yeah. It's a red flag about the situation. So it would almost be rude for me to be like, uh oh. Um, but this was the red flag where she goes, she never. My last ex was like the kindest, sweetest, just the best guy ever. And she never accepted him because he wasn't Jewish. And I'm like. That was a lot of nice things you said about your ex just now. Yeah, that is, <laughs> that that, it is like she's like glowing over them. Yeah, that was like, uh, OK, weird. And turns out it didn't work out. Yeah. I mean, because you weren't Jewish. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. You know, but I'm willing to convert. Yeah. Uh, that That's the thing, too. I'm like, oh, fuck. Uh, because you really wouldn't. I mean, uh, dating is an interview for marriage. I do yeah. look at dating that way. Yeah. Um, not that I rush into anything, but essentially it's it's a multi month or year vetting process for can we be married? Yeah. If it's also if you're looking for a serious relationship, you're mm-hmm. there to be like, oh, are we compatible? You because you are like, I'm I am I uh emotionally attracted to you? Mm-hmm. Am I sexually attracted to you? Mm-hmm. Will you be a good roommate? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's <laughs> like it's like these are all things mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. like are important. It's like what a relationship is. So if you marry somebody, you marry into their family. And if one or both of their parents is difficult, that is something to keep in mind. Yeah. Cause you have to see them a couple times a year. Yeah. Like at least. Yeah, dude. And it's, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I have some crazy, I, my parents are lovely. I have some crazy people in my extended family and boy, does it make life harder? Yeah. And it would be hard for me if I didn't keep them at an arm's length, which I do. Yeah. yeah. You know, well, I, I did think about this recently where, okay, if you were dating someone, would you uh, convert to their religion for them? No, I'm not religious. Um, and I think being very religious would be a deal breaker for me. Yeah. Um, if it's more, if they were like, oh, my fam, like, oh, for this to like work out for my, it's like, I'm not that religious, mm-hmm. but like for my family. It's not my favorite thing in the world because I, I don't think... I don't think religion was the best idea that uh, humanity's ever came up with, yeah. you know? So it was I the wheel. The wheel. Yeah, the sweet. wheel rules, that was dude. Sweet. I'm a big no fan. one's ever crashed a plane into a building because they love the wheel so much. Yeah, but it did get, it did get them off the ground. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> maybe don't use that example. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we came full circle. Yeah. No pun intended. How long did it take for 9-11 to come up? <laughs> yeah, dude. I do think about 9-11 more than I think anybody from Gen Z ever thinks about it. Is Was it 9-11's your Roman Empire? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. And oh, well, well, Gen Z wasn't alive for it. Yeah, exactly. 
So I think it's nine uh, eleven to them is already Pearl Harbor in terms of relevancy. Yes, you know what I mean. Yeah, like I, I think if I think if you talk to anybody under twenty five and you're like one of my principal concerns uh, with politics is uh, uh, terrorism, um, they'd be like, "What? What are you, yeah. an old man?" Yeah, yeah. They'd <laughs> it, be like, "No, school shootings." Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> my friend got shot. Yeah, <laughs> like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but for the religion thing, I think I used to be in your position. Mm-hmm. And then now, I mean, it's also probably a sign that I think Pete and I just in general probably wouldn't marry someone that religious. Mm-hmm. But I also think it would be very funny. Yeah. For me to just uh, become Hindu. Oh, Hindu. Or no, just any yeah. like a, a Jewish. Like just mm-hmm. if I like showed up one day, I'm like, oh, yeah, it, it would be like Brian Cranston on Seinfeld. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like that is like I've realized like I'm like, you know what? Honestly, that would be kind of fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it would also probably be very insensitive to their culture mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it would not be respectful. But yeah. if you're like, oh, I just have to read out the Torah and like mm-hmm. say I'm Jewish and mm-hmm. do these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I so I dated a woman for uh, a Jewish woman for two years, a different Jewish woman, not the one who loved her uh, ex a lot, but uh, uh, they do have banger songs. I will say that Jews have good songs. What? Okay. Well, what kind of are we talking? Like, cause, cause I grew up Catholic. I think so did you. Oh, you mean like in their services? Yeah. Catholic Got songs it. kind of stink. Yeah. Um, I thought you were just like, yeah, Bob Dylan rules. Oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> the Beastie Boys. Yeah. <laughs> Mac like, Miller. What are we talking about? Yeah. Mac Miller is Jewish? He is, or he was. Wow. Um, okay. Yeah. He's buried in a Jewish cemetery despite being covered in tattoos. Apparently, that is a myth. Yeah. 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 I don't think they care anymore. <laughs> There's too many of them with tats. Yeah. My friend Matt says it's just because uh, it's a way that Jewish mothers tried to get their children from getting tattoos is if you get tattoos, you can't be buried in a Jewish cemetery. It's a good guilt true. trip. Yeah. Yeah. That would be, uh, you know, considering a lot of uh, very, very old Jewish people have tattoos. Yeah. That would be very rude to not let them into the cemetery. Very rude. I think yeah. that is part. Everyone's. Yeah. You're mm-hmm. like, yeah, but how'd you get it? I don't think so. I think uh, it's interesting. I think being at all religious used to be a deal breaker for me. And now I think it's if you're if you're very religious, it's a deal breaker. Um, it's one of the many things that I've like eased up on in terms of my, my deal breakers. You realize it's like we all have things that we need for gain through life. Yeah. Where it's mm-hmm. kind of like even I would say just from knowing you, you can correct me on this. Like something like when you kind of like are looking for like guidance or understanding about a situation, you probably mm-hmm. turn towards like what you've read about history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So it's kind of like what are you like well versed in? Mm hmm. And what like helps you like view the world yeah. in a specific way. Some people have that with religion. Yeah. Where it's kind of like, oh, okay, I'm dealing with this tough situation with a friend. Mm-hmm. What did Jesus do? Yeah. Like, and they were like, okay, yeah, that's a way for you to kind of process and be like, okay, someone else has dealt with a similar situation before. How'd they handle it? Yeah. And then that informs if you're going to go that way or like it just gives you another kind of opinion to work off. I think uh, also um, because I live in a, a very like uh, left wing area of uh, of New York City. Well, all of New York City is left wing except for Staten Island. But I've noticed that uh, being closed minded isn't something that religious people have a monopoly on. Oh no, <laughs> it's ever everyone's ignorant about mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. What are uh, do you have any deal breakers? Deal breakers? Um, no men. No, I mean, if they sweet talking. Yeah, <laughs> you can flip me mm-hmm. No, um, You're going to get some DMs based on that statement. <laughs> I fucking wish. <laughs> um, no, I um, I think it, it kind of has to like come up in conversation, I think, because I went three years without drinking. Mm-hmm. So that was like before therapy. That was part of me realizing I needed to go into therapy okay. was because I was like, I'd work out most days. I'd meditate. I wasn't drinking. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why am I still a mess? Yeah. And I was like, okay, I need to do some other things. Mm-hmm. It's like that's not this that's not solving mm-hmm. what's going on. Uh but boy, when you don't go to therapy and you're working out every day, you do get a six pack. And that is pretty sweet. It was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. I still send my six uh, uh, picture I still have a picture on my phone of me with the six pack. That rules. So I can be like I'd be like, "Hey, I'm fat now, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> remember the good old days." <laughs> It's like a Afro man playing when I got high or whatever. Yeah. Because I got high. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Afro man. <laughs> <laughs> he is a listener. I know. That would be awesome. Yeah. I bet you could get Afro man on this podcast. Really? If you just hit him up. Guys, 
we're going to try to get Afro Man on the podcast. I bet he's at a point in his career. I mean, it might be a little sad, <laughs> but I think you could do it. I think it, there's a good chance if he was in New York. I don't mm. think a lot of people are hitting him up for podcasts. Okay. Um, for no money? I'd have to give him some amount of money. You'd, you'd have to give him some weed. <laughs> uh, 275, whatever 275 <laughs> times two is. To, to whatever the, the Colt 45. Yeah. <laughs> just give him, right? Give him a Colt 45 and two zigzags. <laughs> if I messaged him to that, I'm pretty sure he would message me back, fuck you. <laughs> oh, he would just delete you. Like, would, that would be so mm-hmm. funny, though. Um, what was... Uh, deal breakers deal breakers mm-hmm. oh yeah so when i wasn't drinking if a girl on a drink uh i had a couple dates where i was like i'm not drinking i was always cool with people drinking mm-hmm. i was like yeah. i don't care if mm-hmm. that's something you want to have a few unwind like it's about us being comfortable together sure um and if they said they were uncomfortable with the fact i wasn't drinking right, that's a red flag it's a red flag um yes anybody that uh that uh is like surprised that someone could not drink yeah or anyone that investigates it uh more than at a cursory glance yeah is a is an asterisk for me um and this will sound strange the other end of the spectrum i think if a girl describes herself as sober i'm also not interested because i've tried to date like aa chicks and i don't go to aa just Mm -hmm. doesn't work out yeah it's this oh because there is a different bonding where Mm -hmm. i think were you like drinking really hard when you were young. Oh yes, yeah, and I actually do describe myself as a uh, an alcoholic. Okay, like if I uh, um, if I had a drink, right? I don't think about drinking. I'm comfortable around other people that are having a drink. But if I were to take a glass of beer and start drinking it, I would pick up where I left off. Yeah, because I have I have like the alcoholic gene. I think, and whether you know, that's it's probably equal parts biological. I mean, you can just say you're Irish. I could just, dude, it is honestly so funny. It's, dude, yeah. <laughs> just to, to, to have the affliction that is also the stereotype of the ethnicity you belong to, yeah. it's just so very funny. <laughs> it is, it is, you're like, look, I'm an alcoholic. Not because I'm Irish, okay? Yeah. It's because I am I have issues. I mean, I ha- I've had people be like, but you're Irish. I'm like, that's why. <laughs> the only thing more Irish than drinking too much is stopping drinking because you drank too much. Yeah, I don't you know think I mean? uh, AA likes it when you go, hey, I'm here because I'm Irish. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, but oh, like, because I don't do the 12 steps. It's just not for me and it's not dunking on any that does it i think whatever works for you works for you but like i have dated more than one girl that was like but if you ever want to like come to a meeting i'm like i'm not going to a meeting and it sounds like this is sounds like we're not compatible yeah because i think it is a big part of their social life Mm -hmm. where it is kind of like the same way people have a bar they go to or like they do trivia with the team or something like that yeah it's like people go to AA. So I think that's kind of a big part. Like they want someone who's into the, it's their hobby mm-hmm. too. Or like, or it's a big part of their life. Same with like people who do go to church every Sunday. Yeah. Like you would want to date someone who also wants to go to church on Sunday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And AA is very religious too. So it's like, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. The letter to the agnostic in the, which is the chapter in the um, big book, which is like the Bible of AA goes like, uh, it's very funny to me. Cause they're like, you don't have to believe in God to work the 12 steps. But if you think about it, there must be a God <laughs> like, and it's just cause it was written in the 1930s. It's just like a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of like the philosophical arguments for God that, um, I hate to sound condescending, probably worked on people in the 1930s a little better yeah. than it does today. <laughs> yeah. They're like, you know, God will get your bread. <laughs> They're like, uh, now you can't see God and that's true, but you can see, or you also can't see electricity, but that doesn't mean that no, electricity. Did they really say that? Yeah, I'm like, I have to, I have to get out of here. That's so funny, so, dude. I had um, just because you can't see my herpes. Yeah, <laughs> dude. I had, um, uh, and again, this is gonna sound mean, but I remember in college, I got into a debate with this woman who was like. Um, and it's funny because you meet a lot of different people in college. And I think that I was like literally one of the first atheists that she's talked to in person. Okay. She's like, that's incredible. So like, just know God. I'm like, yeah. And uh, she goes, uh, well, you can't see your brain. How do you know you have a brain? And I'm like, I let's talk about something else. Yeah. <laughs> you're just not. It is. It's not more at the level. Yeah. Just, <laughs> the, the idea that works. Yeah. Like, 
It's like, oh, so you don't have object permanence. Yeah. That's, that's your issue right now. Is you're a literal infant in an adult's body. Yeah. That's your reason for why God exists. Yeah. And you're like, well, you know how sometimes when your dad puts his hands over your eyes <laughs> and you go, wait, where do you go? That's God. <laughs> what? And if I just went, that's a really great point and leaned in for a kiss, she might be my wife right now. That would have been so funny. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then you close her eyes. Mm -hmm. I'm God. <laughs> hey, Connor, I haven't been paying attention to, at all at the time. What, how are we doing? We're at 54 minutes. Oh, 54 minutes. Okay, so we'll clock out at 3.09. Cool. Tony, this is a good time. So we talked about our deal breakers. We talked about therapy. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I wanted to come back to um, uh, what was the, the point where you're like, maybe I will give medication a try. Oh, um, I was in therapy and it was me still having, I was like in therapy, still working out, mm. still, um, just in there, I was still having issues. And then it was my therapist being like, have you considered medication? I was like, yeah, I've like, for some reason it was kind of me being like, oh, I'm not like, again, you realize you have that thing where you're like, oh, I've never, I'm not like against medication mm -hmm. i wasn't against it mm -hmm. i just was like oh i don't think i need that right and then i kind of hit a point where i was like i think i might i should try it mm -hmm. and also i would say the big thing with antidepressants that sucks is it just takes forever to know if it works it's like you have to have like weeks of like bad side effects like kind of like this summer i had to like plan out weeks where i was like i might just feel shitty for a couple weeks and then be like okay well let's like do this because if not it's like at least know if this doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Like you kind of have to hit a point where you're like, I'm ready to try this. Mm -hmm. um, so that was kind of it where I was just like, okay, yeah, I've been like anxious and I feel like I'm at a place where it's holding me back and I'm just making the same dumb mistakes based and it's keeping me from having uh, better relationships with people in my life, mm -hmm. just like anxiety and depression and like letting that like kind of control where I'm at more so than like using a tool and a big, thing for me i i guess it was like because it was kind of me being like oh i think i could just do this on my own but i like wear contacts mm -hmm. yeah, yeah i'm blind yeah yeah <laughs> and not once did i ever be like oh i mean i think i can handle not having vision i'll yeah, eat yeah. a lot of carrots mm -hmm, or whatever mm -hmm. i'll like, squint i'll squint and eat carrots okay yeah. i'll be a rabbit mm -hmm. from now on yeah um <laughs> so i think it was just me being like okay give it a try and then if it doesn't work out you're kind of like okay like you just realize it's like you might as well just like try to make if there's a tool that could potentially help you live a better life. Mm -hmm. Try it. I do think that there's there's probably an interesting like inverse, like people that uh, do need medication, not taking it. And then that people, especially like I think younger people where therapy is so normalized, which is a great thing. But I wonder if there's people that are on medication that if they just like. They waited a little it, bit. Yeah. It, there are people who are probably on it who didn't really need it. Mm -hmm. And I think there's starting to become more of an understanding where it's like antidepressants are something that a lot of people are viewing as not something you just take it, stay on your entire life. Okay. Sometimes it's like, oh, you're having like a really like rough year. You're going through a lot of terrible mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. Here's something to help you work through that. Yeah. And if you hit a point where things get better, like wean yourself off. See if you're able, if you're in a better place and you have more tools and maybe a better like uh, social dynamic around you. Mm -hmm. Like, or, like you don't always have to be taking medication. Yeah, I think that, um, yeah, it's almost like um, you talk to some people and they seem to almost have like this religious devotion to like, oh, it's my brain chemistry. And like it might be and it could be a combination of of that and you're not in the best place. You know what I mean? Like if someone like is like unemployed, no friends, no motivation. I'm like, I think if you get a job or get some friends, yeah. but then it's like a chicken or the egg thing. Maybe you got to take care of yourself. Yeah. And I mean, it is, it does go back to the idea of like people like being like identifying with the substance mm -hmm. where it's the same thing. Well, like with medication where it's even just people being like, Lexapro, I take Lexapro. You're yeah. like, oh shit, oh. <laughs> Did you also have trouble coming? They're like, yeah. yeah. Dude, this is going to sound majorly immature because it is, but I think that would forever be a principal concern for me. Oh, it was. That was part of me taking Wellbutrin is with Lexapro, I stopped being able to orgasm. So you could get hard, but you couldn't come. Yeah. Fuck, dude. But then here's the thing. Everyone thinks that's great mm -hmm. until you're <laughs> looking at a woman who's going like, 
So yeah, I was like, yeah, it just doesn't mm-hmm. happen. And then Wellbutrin will counter the side effects of that. Oh, or it's like for a lot of people it does. So it's commonly prescribed with like other SSRIs um, to be like because it increases sex drive. So you're coming again. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I, as someone, the, the first few times I had sex, I couldn't come because I was just so nervous. Yeah. I stayed hard, but I couldn't come. It was like this weird. Also, I was doing the death grip, which death grip. I've been there. Any any virgins listening, um, uh, it, when you're jerking off, don't grab your penis as hard as you can, even though that feels very good. Yeah. You know, listen, we're both given medical advice today. Just because, yeah, <laughs> I'm not a doctor, but young boys who listen to this podcast, mm-hmm. Don't jerk off as hard as you can. Yeah, yeah. You want to, and don't use a flashlight. Yeah, because that's gonna, <laughs> it's gonna feel too. I've never used one. I'm afraid to use one. I'm afraid it's gonna feel so good that I'll never talk to another person for the rest of my life. I'll stop yeah. doing the podcast. Yeah, I'll stop doing I, I comedy. Like you also stop talking to guys. Yeah. <laughs> because God, you know, you talk to a new guy. It's like, well, maybe he knows women. Yeah. Well, maybe <laughs> maybe he's trans. Yeah. And- yeah exactly. Dude. So, Tony, you're coming again. If uh, people, <laughs> this is how we're segueing. Hey, you got any plugs on where you come in these days? <laughs> yeah, so it sounds like you're doing a lot of coming and going. So uh, let, let people know where they could find you and uh, what's going on. With you. Yeah, uh, you can find me uh, on Instagram at Tony Sikowski and I guess TikTok too. Uh, trying to tick the talk more. Um, not much, but mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, yeah. So at Tony Sikowski, uh, S-Y-K-O-W-S-K. Hell yeah, dude. Definitely follow Tony. He's a good hang, as you heard on this podcast. And remember, folks, early to bed, early to rise makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. (laughs) I'm just playing (laughs) night owls. You know I love you.